Mm, it's the Monkey Business Podcast with myself, Moose, and to the left of me is Ken, also known as KC. How are you doing today? What the fuck is wrong with <laughs> I you? I don't know, man. It's my Don Pardo impression. So, this is the 4th of July show, seeing as how, um, well, yeah, so when this comes out, it'll actually be on the 4th of July. It will. So. Happy 10 Fingers Day. <laughs> Happy Ten Fingers Day. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Oh, idiot. Do you ever? Do you ever? When you're tindering, do you ever like mean to swipe right, like you want to bang a chick, but you accidentally swipe left, and then you go, "Oh fuck, I can't." There's like no takebacks. If I was on Tinder ever, yeah, I would have probably done that a couple of times. Oh. What about Bumble? Same. Oh, okay. Not <laughs> an ask. Thanks for outing me right here on the show. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of the show, so everybody, on the sh- everybody knows you're knocking down ass. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I'm big and I'm like get out of the way, boom, boom, boom. Anyway, <laughs> on the uh, on the show today, we've got uh, news from a bunch of little things here. We got some uh, some fantasy camp issues with some Vince what? fantasy camp. Oh camp, you know oh, what I'm okay. saying? Right. What did I say? Yeah, I, I said, said camp, cap. right? Yeah, well, you know what? It is because I'm here, and then I'm over here, and so I'm over here, so you can't hear me all the way. Yeah, and you're like screen, your windscreen. Mm, it's down. Like yeah. All the way over to the side. You know why? Because it doesn't stay. <clears throat> oh, what the all fuck? All right. right. Anyway, so we got some uh, fantasy camp things with uh, Vince Neal, Sebastian Bach, Steven Adler, a little Alice Cooper news, Pretty Boy Floyd, Tesla even, mm-hmm. and then- um, Danny Vaughn. Danny Vaughn. That and is true. And- A former member of Enough's Enough. And the Vince Neil band has somewhat resurfaced. Oh, yep, yep, yep. A little bit. And let's just hope it's not, uh, oh, the one that died, Derek. Derek Frigo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It or, be, or the other one. Or the other one. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, Ricky Parent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, it, it being the 4th of July show <clears throat> and we being buddies with, uh, with, with, our, with Pump 5, we can't play the show without playing this because right. it is... The 4th of July. But hold on. Oh, hold on. Hold Before on. you play this, yes. I want to preface this with okay. whether, no matter what genre of music that you are into, this song is so good that it doesn't matter what you listen to, you will like this song. And I'm not like forcing you to do it, but I might come to your house and punch you in the back of the head if you don't. But you probably won't. No, I won't because I'm too lazy and... You know, now I'm driving a van. Oh! So, go ahead. Hey, this is Steve from the band Pump 5. You're listening to Heart as a Rock Radio, and it's party time. You know why? Because it's 4th of July. That's right. The song off our debut record on Highball Music, 4th of July. It, you know what it's about. It's about partying. It's about having fun. It's about having a good time. So if you don't want to have any of those things, go ahead and just turn it off now. Don't listen to this next song, 4th of July by Pump 5.
What's he laughing about? <laughs> the hell is so funny, Steve? Steve can do whatever he wants. Yeah. <clears throat> Steve has done whatever he wants, and he does a good job of it. Down by the Riverside. Down by the Riverside. Happy Fourth of July. Absolutely. Isn't that a great song? It is. I love that song. That is, song. that is one of my favorites off that album. I have a really good idea for a music video for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I, sw- I swore that the guys from the band would have been here recording that before this Fourth of July. Yeah. But, um... Well, I think the thing of it is, is I have to figure out how to become a millionaire, and then I can just pay for it and not really give a shit. Well, that's what Greg's for. <laughs> All right, well. <laughs> not really. <laughs> just playing, Greg. Jeez. Anyway, uh, something else I forgot to mention on the show today. What? Uh, a very long-winded, but happily... Uh, uh, Spit it out. Come on. Use your words. You can do it. I'm looking for the word. I can't think of it. Lolly, 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 get your adverbs here. <laughs> oh, man, come on. No, a, 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 a long-winded but um, happily, um, uh, what am I looking for? I don't know. We got this far once already. Oh, my God. Anyway. I'm just a bill. <laughs> yes, I'm on Hooked on phonics worked for me. Anyway, um, Chris McLernan from uh, Cold Sweat and Saigon Kick and- Cold Gin. Cold Gin and, and Mother Mary and, and, and Big Mick and the Curl- and yeah. a bunch of stuff. If, even if you don't know who the name is, apparently you've heard his stuff regardless. Yeah, if because you've ever shopped at Target or yeah, basically any any, other store. anywhere in the world. Anyway, yeah. So he's going to be on, and um, we recorded it obviously. Um, and I say long winded because it's going to be a two part show. Yeah. It has to be because it's over an hour and a half. Yeah. And I, I I'm not even mad because not I can, at all. I can talk. I can him. listen to him tell yeah. his stories for hours, and hopefully we'll get to do that on the Monsters of Rock Cruise when Cold Sweat uh, starts the reunion tour there. That's right. Well, not tour yet, but we'll Maybe. see. 30th anniversary of there the you go, debut of break album. And 10th anniversary of the MORC. This is true. A lot of anniversaries. Anniversary, anniversary, anniversary. Right. Well, and it's the um, one-week anniversary of uh, Steven Adler, quote-unquote, not trying to... To commit suicide? <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. <laughs> That's just a weird story. That, it, Yeah, I just feel like there's a whole lot more to that. There has to be. Because, I mean, Adler's band just played M3. Right. And they crushed it. Mm-hmm. Like, they were really, really good. And all of the reviews that I read from people who were there. Right, but that and, was months ago. And no, then, I get it. Right. I get it. But, like, right now, he's probably at the highest peak in his life. Since Appetite for Destruction. Since, yeah, right, right, right. You know what I mean? Because he's finally bringing it around. Because he put out some solo stuff that really didn't do a didn't whole go anywhere, lot. right? Yeah, I mean, it was just trip after trip mm-hmm. and not acid. I mean, just <laughs> not getting things going. But now he's to the point where, besides, man, if you're going to try and kill yourself, why the stomach? 
I mean, hit yourself in the jugular. Well, Artie, you remember Artie Lang, the comedian? Yeah. He yeah. tried to kill himself. Well, he tried to stab. He stabbed himself 60-some-odd times with a fork. Well, see, I he mean, was, but he was probably doing speedballs and things at the time. Yeah, that's probably true. You know, but, you don't you don't try and fork yourself. <laughs> <laughs> fork you. <laughs> Go fork yourself. Okay, I will. 68 times. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, he said it was just a a, a, a normal run of the mill accident in the kitchen. Yeah, but it know, made man. TMZ, so I don't under, you know I don't understand. I mean, yeah, is, is it just, just because he's strange. somebody? Just strange. Either way, I don't want the guy dead. No, absolutely I mean, not. He's, he's you know he's still out there. Yeah. You know who else is out there? Vinnie Vincent. No, Vince Neil. Let's oh, let's, let's go with the Vince. Yeah, I let's go with the Vince Neil first. Um, Vince <laughs> Neil. Uh, there's a video online of him jamming with the um, the campers of the fantasy camp. Mm-hmm. You know the things where like you could pay money and go jam with real rock stars and stuff like that. How many people? Well, like, do they announce it before you sign up? Yes. Or, and then they add people as you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. So because I was gonna be like, how many of those people have paid all this money when they like, announced? Oh, Vince we got Neal. Vince like, Neil. Oh, Come on, man, fuck. Now we gotta but, do all the singing. But <laughs> well, that, that's exactly it. Now he's he's doing this jam with uh, Gary Hoey's on guitar. Okay. So he's singing part of this as well. But, sh- but but I'm not gonna play the whole thing. But listen to some of this here. Not Vince Neil. But probably better. Is that Axel Rose? You ever heard, like, have you been woken up in the middle of the night to the sound of cats fighting each other? Yes, I have a bunch of cats in my house, so obviously that happens all all the time. There you go. That's what that sounds like (laughs) to me. Oh, it was horrible. I mean, I know it sounded bad on on that recording just because it's it was because it sounded because it sounded bad when you were there. But um, yeah, it's really horrible. Um, but no, we were talking about Vinny Vincent. Uh, you were talking about Vinny. He's having a birthday bash, and he's inviting. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, Not cool. are you sure that the birthday bash is happening? Mm-hmm. Are you sure it's a he? <laughs> oh, come on. Vinny Vincent is having a birthday bash. See? You ready? Better. Is that better, better for you? Better. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and he's he's inviting select fans. <laughs> select fans select is what fans? the story said. Yes. Select fans can come to his birthday party, Okay. and uh, he'll be 
unveiling new music or whatever. Um, Vinnie Vincent is, uh, yeah, he's there, there, there will be one person there. He's Vinnie Vincent. Yeah. But you know, Vinnie Vincent used to be cool. Um, back when Mark Slaughter was with him. Well, that's not what he'll tell you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, love kills by Vinnie Vincent invasion. Woo. To live again, you 
What movie was that from, anyway? I think it was... Uh, it was on one of the... Freddy. Fr- yeah. The, one of the Freddy movies. Yeah, they got Doc, and then they got these guys on the next run. Yeah. But Mark Slaughter is, an, is a nice guy. Dana Strum is a really nice guy. How in the world can somebody have an issue with them bad enough, Vinnie Vincent, to have, you know, to, to, to make it so they quit their band, that band? Make, um, you know what I'm saying? The same issue that he can't decide whether he wants to be a man or a woman. <laughs> man, you're caught up on that, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, it's out there. Here, it's... I got something for you. Okay. All right. Is this our unsigned artist spotlight? <laughs> no. Oh. No. Mickey and the Roadster Racers is on Disney Junior. It's basically Mickey Mouse and the gang, and they're all uh, race car guys. Um, the only reason I'm playing that, Alice Cooper is going to be having a uh, character in that thing pretty soon <laughs> called Alistair Coop DeVille. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, you know, Ozzy. So you got Alice Cooper uh-huh. on Disney. Yes. And you got Ozzy in Trolls. Yes. What in the fuck is going on? I'm waiting for Marilyn Manson to get something, to do some kind of voiceover work for that. Yeah, he'll be doing Count Chocula advertisements. <laughs> Count Chocula, I like it. <laughs> Part of this nutritious breakfast. <laughs> Buy my dildo. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Speaking of Count Chocula-like looking people, uh, did you know that Vic Fox is back with Pretty Boy Floyd for a... How the hell does he look like Count Chocula? Well, all of Pretty Boy Floyd kind of does. They're pale with the black hair. Okay, okay, Pretty Boy Floyd. Okay, well, you said Vic, and I was like, no, Vicky. But he's... He's there now, I gotcha. I'm sure he's dressing the part. He has to be. Vicky Fox from Enough's Enough. Yes. And also the Veronicas. And also Vince Neal's solo band. That's true, that's true. You know who the Veronicas is? Are? Yeah, I was just yeah. curious. Little pop band. Yeah, I'm too, not sure that he's with them anymore. Two hot chicks. When's the last Twins. time you checked it out? Years. Yeah. See, yeah. I'm not sure if he's doing that anymore. Or them. But <laughs> he is playing with Pretty Boy Floyd for a stretch of shows. So if you're in the L.A. metropolitan area near the Sunset Strip, <laughs> they will be fancy. playing the Whiskey A Go Go and a few other select joints in that area. Listen to you all fancy. So check out the Recycler if that's even still a thing, and you can get your dates there. The Recycler. Yeah. That used to be like the music paper. Okay. That's where Motley Crue found Mick Mars. God, don't you know anything? Not by... No, I guess I, guess I don't. <sighs> That's why I carry this show. Oh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you suck. You suck ass. <laughs> um, no, it's, it says that Vicky's still uh, with him. Oh, okay. With the Veronicas. Because, you know, it matters. Yeah. Anyway, so it's... Yeah, they they've grown up since I've last looked at them. <laughs> Since your pedophile days, thank yeah. God they're legal. Mm-hmm. Pretty right, much, cool. yeah. All right, let's move on from that. Speaking of pedophiles, <laughs> um, no, Sebastian Bach. <laughs> I was just looking at the his name. Yeah, N- not a pedophile, just playing. Uh, Sebastian Bach has finally uh, rescinded his invitation 
to have the uh, original band members play with them. I can't imagine why. I, I don't think that they um, are hurt by this by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, I can picture Sebastian like I picture Eric Cartman. You know, <laughs> screw, screw you guys. You guys I'm, I'm going home. I'm going to go play it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ma, snakes being a dildo. <laughs> Oh, man. So have you ever just like been online, been on Facebook and just clicked on a random band and checked out their music and you're like, that's actually pretty damn good. I dig mm-hmm. that. I can't say that that has ever happened. To really? Me. No. Lately, I've been finding like a lot of, hey, you might be interested in this, this band, this band, this band. And one just popped up and I clicked it. Just I don't even know why. And I listened to their tune and it's really freaking good. And I listened to another tune they have out, and it's really freaking good. Um, <laughs> okay, all right. Sorry, Chris Chris texted. <clears throat> he said next time. Had a blast. Oh. Anyway, that's that's why I was like... Oh, was right. What was I saying? Uh, I the band that popped up, and then oh, you popped up. All right. So the band that popped up is a band called Junkyard Drive. Ever hear of them? No. Me either. I knew the name. I've seen the name because it was on some kind of poll. And uh, Easy. Um, but then I listened to the song and I dig it a lot. So much as the fact that I put it on Hard as a Rock Radio. What? Yes. Really? Yes. I just put it on there. Here, take a listen to this. Tell me what you think after it's done. Okay. This is called Way Too Long, Junkyard Drive. Take a look at the world now, what do I see? People repeating themselves, they're just like me. Got lost in this world, this world has lost. Am I about to die, or have I never been born? If I could
Take a look at myself now. What do I see? A man who misses the boy he used to be. He still lives on inside my soul, and one day he will take control. Hopefully, before he gets too old. If I could open my eyes and see what's wrong, and see the life just happens and the shit goes on, I need to change this dreadful mind and bring the lights back to life. I guess the time. I can already tell that you don't like him. Why? I don't know. I just I just get that feeling from you. You think you know me, but you don't. <laughs> so what'd you think of that? It's okay. It's just okay to you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all right. If it came on the radio, I don't think I'd change it. Really? I don't know what yeah. it was, man. It just it just really it it, it really caught me. I don't know why. Cuz you're um, a softy. That could be it. But um they they also did a Michael Jackson one. They, they really don't care about us. You know that song? Mm-mm. You know that song? If I heard it, I might know it. Well, I, I would play it, but it's you would, I don't think you'd know it by their intro. I'll check it out later. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> you and I both know you won't. <laughs> no, I mean, like, th- that song almost kind of reminded me of uh, If I Close My Eyes Forever-ish yeah. type yeah. of thing, and I hate that song. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you suck ass. Thanks. Anyway, um, Junkyard Drive is... Uh, and who, I don't like your is. name. Yeah, well, their name's a little little odd for me too, um, but they're from uh, I think they're from Sweden. Oh. They're from overseas, so there's a lot of Swedish bands coming around. Yeah, you gotta give them a break. All right, sure. so so we're gonna welcome to the show right now uh, a a guy that was in a couple of bands that you may have heard of. Um, a little band called Saigon Kick, another small one called uh, Cold Sweat, and um, eh, I'll let him tell you, Mr. Christopher McLernan, How are you today, sir? I am dandy. How are y'all? Dan- I'm not dandy, but <laughs> I'm 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 pretty well, man. How are you today? Um, I think you need to work up the dandy then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna give it's that a, a good shot. Place to be. What other bands have you been in? Cold Gin. I was in Cold Gin, right? Um, I was in um, Unruly Child for a second. Oh really? Which was uh, a band with a couple of guys. Um, one from King Cobra, one from Beggars and Thieves, one from Stone Fury. Um, and that was like literally like two seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, because someone I, asked me the other day, how many bands were you in before you got signed? And I think I, I think I, I counted it out, and I was conservative, and it was thirty-five. Oh, geez, wow. Yeah, that was going to be one of my yeah. questions, as a matter of fact, because I know you've been in a bunch of them, but um, yep. just a lot of them haven't really made the light of day as far as you know, big names like this, you know, like the second kick stuff did. Um, now you were right. in, you were in Cold Gin. Now that was that was the uh, the Kiss cover band, right? It was. We called it the Kiss Exhibit because we knew we weren't going to do it very long. Oh, you weren't going to do it. Now, who, who all was in this? I know Tommy was in it. Tommy Thayer from Kiss Now. Yep. Uh, Jamie St. James from Black and Blue, uh, myself, and Anthony White, who was our drummer in Cold Sweat. Oh, check that out. He played guitar in Cold Gin, and, and Jamie played drums because Jamie started as a drummer. 
I did not know uh, that part. Look at that. I did not know that either. Oh, I'm the trivia king. Get ready for more. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. Um, so it, this was a gene-approved type of thing, or was it just kind of like you're doing oh, it and yeah. hoping for the best? Well, since Gene had done two records for Black and Blue, um, we kind of had the mother load as far as uh, research material because he loved Tommy and Jamie. Anthony and I got along with him well. Uh, and Paul, too. Um, I mean, they were both fantastic to us. The only thing we had to do was we had to sign a possible cease and desist <laughs> that if they decided at any point that, you know, you've gone too far or whatever, you got to stop. And when I was like, I have no problem with this. This is your idea. <laughs> you know, sure. And they never did. They never stopped it at all. They, they, they were 100 percent encouraging. Good old Gene with his law stuff going on, though. Huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I can tell you, the, the reason he's got asbestos underwear is probably because he's been burned so many times. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I met Gene one time and uh, we didn't have the best of uh, run ins, I guess. He, um, <laughs> he I got a guitar signed for him. We were going to auction off. Uh, for uh, charity here in, in the uh, Tampa Bay area, and he ended up writing on it, no eBay. And I'm like, that's not what it's for, but thank you for doing that, because now you're <laughs> going to make it go for even more. But, um, wow, that, yeah. Now, funny. see, now, I had a good run-in with him. Did you? Yeah, I was, at, I was at Foundations Forum in Burbank in 93. Well, ni and, it's 93. And it's Kiss why. plated wow. that. It was my 21st birthday, and Gene actually bought me a beer. No, that that I do not believe. Yeah. All right, we'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I can believe it. Because <laughs> Gene does things. There's two Genes. There's Gene the rock star and Gene the guy who's in bands, like any okay. other guy who's in a band who got signed. Um, so Gene does things that are charitable that he does not promote at all. Um, Jamie, uh, back to Black and Blue for a second, mm -hmm. um, Patrick, Patrick Young's brother. Um, Patrick is PY. He's a bass player in black and blue mm -hmm. his brother has a als and has for a while gene went up to portland on his own dime didn't promote it nothing showed up and said i will sign anything to raise money i will play i will do whatever it is and he he signed stuff all weekend long did promo he refused to sign anything unless someone gave money first hmm. so he so there's that side of him as well i mean you know, and I've run into the other side where you're just going to go, wow, okay, mm -hmm. I caught that one. And I, but I know better. I, it's like two, you know, to borrow a phrase from, what is it, Unmasked, two sides of the coin. You don't know, sometimes you don't know what you're getting, but if you're aware there's two of them uh, and you can gauge it pretty quickly, you're in a lot better shape. He's always been fantastic to me, and he doesn't have to be. So hmm. I might be one of the lucky ones. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, when when I met him, this was in probably 2003 or so. Uh, no, about no, I'm sorry, about seven. Um, and he was uh, hawking his um, Kiss uh, cologne at at, right. at one of the stores. Sure. Yeah, with a K. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And one of the stores, and you know, he wouldn't play any any Paul music, any nothing. It was just strictly his stuff. And he wouldn't sign anything. I mean, they had two lines: one person to come up there and take a picture of of uh, the person buying the cologne and the other person the other line was for um their items that they wanted to sign to meet them at the end of the line <laughs> so mm -hmm. it was kind of funny but at the same time at least he had it uh, all organized yeah but, oh, oh he's, he's king at that yeah did, did you did you also know he can type about and if he, if he was here he'd correct me if i'm wrong he can type about 95 words a minute really see i don't i can't oh, yeah. i can't picture him doing that I, I, yeah, that was one of his. That was one of his uh, side jobs before they got signed. He was a, and I was a Kelly girl, 
so he would get hired to do stenography and he would just rip through things and i saw him do it i was just like holy mackerel he's flawless Jesus. it's just not one of those things you'd expect him to be able to do but kind of it fits the character like i'm 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 an immigrant. I've moved to, to New York City, and I'm going to make it in America. I'm going to do it, no matter how. I'm going to do it. Hmm. So it's, it's fascinating to watch. I always picture him as a hunting pecker. See, so when he retires, he's going to oh, become like a God, court reporter. No. It's it's freakish. It huh. looks like it looks like a, it looks like a joke. Why like, <laughs> seeing this right? And then you read it, like, no, it's no joke. Wow. All it's right. Funny. Well, that's your Gene trivia for today. <laughs> there, you there, there you go. Everything you didn't know about Gene. Yeah, right. right. And, and I'm probably going to get a phone call in about, you know, a day or two. Well, were you telling people I was a color girl? Chris, what were you saying? Uh, Chris, this is Gene from the band Kiss, and uh, right. I'd like to talk yeah. to you. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, all right, let's, let's talk about the thing at hand here. Cold Sweat. How yeah. in the world did you guys d decide to get back together and for the Monsters of Rock cruise? That, um, we've been trying to get it going for a year or so. Um, I think it, it's nice timing right now because we have the, uh, uh, the reissue of the, of the CD, which that's all Mark and Roy. They got all on that and they made it happen. Um, so with that, that's 30 years. Um, Larry Moran, who does the Monsters of Rock Cruise, was part of the Needy management team when we got signed. Mm -hmm. So we've known him forever. And we've tried to make this work, but it was just a matter of schedules. Two guys live on the West Coast, one guy lives in Ohio, two guys are in the South, and it was trying to make it work. And I think one of the ones we almost did, it was literally logistics and finance. We just couldn't do it. Um, and time. So mm -hmm. it, it seems like the timing is actually really perfect now. Uh, nice dovetail with the 30th anniversary uh, and the um, and the reissue and everything's good with everybody. I was telling somebody this today that we never cold sweat never had any sort of breakup like acrimonious screaming yelling no I hate you no I hate you kind right. of thing. It was just we lost our deal and just kind of fizzled out. So we've all got along in the interim. So now it's just a matter if we got to relearn the songs and go out and kind of show why we were this undiscovered gem or not. So you were all ready to do this all these years. You were just waiting for somebody to be like, okay, let's do it now. And you're like, okay, yeah. That's right. Like Roy, I'm like Roy Hobbs in The Natural. Yeah, I'm just waiting for, you know, someone to give me the bat so I can have a home run. All right. Are you, you going to be doing references like Dennis Miller all day? Come on. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you. I When he was on Monday Night Football, I would be rolling laughing and no one else in the room got it. Yeah. Like, no, but you see, little black dress, Billy Barty's journal. That's funny, you see? Because, no, <laughs> shut up. Or whatever. You know. <laughs> Yeah. If so, you're not careful, I'll make an I'll make a Neville Chamberlain, you know, reference some some point during the conversation too. So you never know. Reference hmm. it out, my friend. <laughs> reference it out. So I have to ask, with yeah. Cold Sweat being on on the cruise and Black and Blue being on the cruise, could there maybe possibly be a Cold Gin jam session? Yes. Yep. Well, that was quick. That. that was a quick. <laughs> <hit>. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. We're doing it. That's it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, because Mark was in the very first version of Cold Gin, so you have me, Aunt Mark, and Jamie. You know, everyone's cool to do it. Man. I, I mean, someone said, "You guys gonna do the makeup?" No, you know that it just it won't. <laughs> it's just not gonna fly if you try and do that. We'll go out and play the songs, like, like we would do, um, like when we literally first started. We would kiss T-shirts and just go play, hmm. and we just they, Jamie at one night dared us to put the makeup on, so we did. But doing it now, I mean, there's there's people who just have 
done a really good job of recreating certain eras, and I think it'd be dumb for us to try and do that on a boat. It's just it's not going to work Right, well. yeah. <laughs> then you'd get the phone call. Gene would be like, uh, Chris, we already do the Kiss Cruise. <laughs> exactly. You realize this is infringement, right? Um, but he, uh, awesome. but again, he, he, he never, ever stopped us. You know, here, do you need this? You need this. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> how, how are you keeping the it's that's running in your eyes, isn't it? I can see you blinking. Yeah. You've got to use powder. Otherwise, it's going to run in your eyes all night long. It's going to burn, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, then use powder. Okay. I mean, he was he was rem- always so helpful. It's very eerie that you sound a lot like him, too, when you talk about him. <laughs> a lot of practice. Uh, yeah, I, I guess mean, so. As soon as, you should have seen there was one night we played Paul Stanley's birthday party, hired by Gene. So I'm one of the few people who could say, I got Gene Simmons to write me a check. And um, we, so it was me, Jamie, um, Bird, who was Patrick uh, Young, back to the Young family. Um, his brother who did lights uh, for, for Black and Blue, mm-hmm. Gene, and we're all standing there all talking like Gene. It was fantastic. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. These are, this, is what, this is what I did. This was my career, was finding moments like this, you know. I, I, from, yeah, we'll get to that soon uh, because there, there is something I want to hear. I want to hear about another story of, of yours. Um, I, wanna, I, just, I do have a couple questions about, the, uh, about Cold Sweat, though. Uh, now, now what what happened when um, Owen Logan went to Lynch Mob? Was there an issue there, or did he just like up and leave, or was there more money in Lynch Mob going on, or what? What was what, what was the deal with that? Oh, I, I mean, if you look at it in, in hindsight, at the time I was horrified, but mm-hmm. but now I go, oh, I get it. I mean, he was George. He was coming out of docking. They had all of Electra behind him. You know, they just needed a singer. So we had gotten the deal with MCA with Oni. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were doing, we'd gone up, that was December of 89, I think, or 88. And we did the, um, um, it was 88, December of 88. So we did, we opened for the bullet points and got signed at the Palace in LA. And then we started writing and it was going really well. So we went out and played this thing called the No Bozo Jam at the Whiskey. Mm-hmm. And um, we got up and we did a bunch of new material and whatever. And, Someone at one of the tape reproduction houses had made a copy of the demo and given it to George because he was looking everywhere for a singer. Heard Oni love when I came to the whiskey, got hammered, and um, started creeping around. So we finished the set, we go upstairs, and he said, and I was right there, so I can verify it. He said, Oni, you want to be in a Ferrari? You want to drive one? As we were walking by, and I was like, oh, that's pretty, pretty clever. Um, and Oni, who's not one for confrontation, just kind of kept going. And we went upstairs, but George just bought, you know, barged in, got upstairs, and basically made his pitch to Oni that night. And uh, so a couple months go by, and we don't really hear much of it. And Oni, um, you know, no, I'm into it. I'm doing this and this and this. So we get the producer. We get the time of Sense City. We're getting ready to go. We literally go to sign the record contract. Now, this is May. So the No Bozo, no Bozo Jam had happened at, like, maybe April, maybe March. Mm-hmm. We had gotten signed and the papers started going back and forth between the lawyers in um, January. So now it's May. We're going to sign and uh, we all go, my record com- my record contract is in front of me with my pen, right? Even Anthony said, I've got a special pen for this, you know? And, and Wendy says, well, oh, he's got something to say. I'm thinking like, what? And he says, I'm going, I've been, I was in Phoenix over the weekend. 
met with George and I'm joining Lynch Mob. And I'm thinking to myself, you're kidding me. I've gotten this far. I'm literally going to write my name and it's done. And it's not done. So he hopped on a plane and joined Lynch Mob and we had to go find Rory Cassidy. Holy cow. Now, was, was, was Roy already in your, in your head, in your, uh, in your sights oh, for doing God, that? No. 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 We spent the next six months going through everyone in L.A., and then um, a Z-Rock put a thing on their, on, you know, nationwide saying we were looking for a singer, and we got tapes from everybody. And out of nowhere, all the way towards the end of it, we were, we were getting so fed up because, you know, MCA was getting fed up, our our producer was Kevin Beamish, Beamish was luck, we were lucky enough to have him be patient you know keep coming into rehearsals and saying what he thought and um, at the end of it when we finally found Roy this guy named Eddie Law who was a friend of Oni's said I saw this guy in the button south he's perfect for for you and at this point you know that this could have been Jeff Tate we, we were just like let's get this done <laughs> and and so we saw him and we're like alright the picture's kind of a little goofy but he sang his ass off so we're like alright so we bring him in and he kills it because he's been used to singing four hours a night. So he's nice and loud. And I'm like, all right, well, that's cool. And Kev comes in and he listens. And we're, we're, we're at this, we're just at this point where we're so burnt out. We don't know who's good. And Kev said, that's your guy. And we just kind of looked at each other and said, all right, well, Kev has never been adamant about anybody. Let's go. So we grabbed him and literally said, you just got on your first airplane ride. Well, guess what? You just got your first record contract and off we went. <laughs> Wow, what that's that's an awesome story. I mean, I, could you just imagine that? Like, okay, I'm gonna send my tape in. I don't think I'm gonna get anything out of this, but you know, if not, it's right. gonna be fun just to go out there and visit and da da da. And then all of a sudden, okay, right. you're signed. Let's go. Let's do it now. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad. No, no, not at all. No, he, he was pretty. When we told him at dinner, he, it was it was so Hollywood. You know, we're having dinner out on you know Ventura Ventura Boulevard and Sherman Oaks or where Encino whatever it was the sushi place and you know he's just kind of like what the hell I'm from Fayetteville North Carolina and two days ago I was singing you know in, in Florida somewhere um, <laughs> and here we are and hmm. we said the gig's yours if you want it and he said yeah no. so we're like okay cool and we were in recording finishing the record up within probably two weeks because he had to learn the material i mean he learned what he had to learn for the audition right but he, he had to learn the, the learn the material and then you know you're going from the minor leagues to the bigs so it's not like you just walk into that um you know mark had made four or five records we'd all i think eric had had made one anthony had made like two indies i'd made an indie um and we'd been around kevin for months so you know we were ready to roll uh, and there's a level of professionalism. We had to bring him up to speed quickly. Luckily, he had the, the talent and the gumption to be able to deliver. But, I, I, you know, thinking back on it, you know, wow, we were asking a lot of him. <laughs> as long as he did <laughs> it, that's good. We're going to yank you out of a club and go, by the way, you, you know, you're singing. Go. Yeah, it's your very own rock star movie, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's the way you do it. <clears throat> Throw him in the American water and make him swim. School, yeah. 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 Right, yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's switch gears a little bit here. Saigon Kick. How did they? Uh, yeah. When 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 Tom quit, got fired, whatever it was. How did they find you? Was it just like okay, let's let's start looking through the Rolodex, or uh, did you know the no, guys ahead of time? No, no, because they were in Florida and I was in L.A. So mm -hmm. at that point, Cold had died, um, and uh, Cold Gin was kind of ruling the roost. So, but Anthony and I kept our names quiet because I knew. Um, I mean, the tribute scene is huge now. Then it was, you know, it was just kind of an odd place to be, especially for four signed guys. Mm -hmm. 
like there was we were in a rip um centerfold where luckily we all knew Lon friend and which i said keep my name out of this you know i just i want to be anonymous because i'm looking for a real gig um and the i got a call from a buddy of mine who worked at polygram and um, i'd known him forever and he said hey man this is on a this is on a monday morning so he's calling me from new york and it was early he's like hey man Saigon Kick fired their bass player over the weekend. Get your stuff to this guy right now. Cool. Do it. Got my. I just got my my eight by tens back from the Lowe's hour. I, I grabbed a cold sweat thing and queued it up the long way down. I was like, oh, this is you know the most Saigon kicky kind of thing. At least it shows I did a record and I know what I'm doing. Right. And I sent it out with a cover letter. And just said, you know, here we go. Literally, Saigon Kick was probably my favorite band at the time. I couldn't believe I got the phone call. Uh, I knew I already had an advanced copy of the lizard, so I knew it all. I knew the first record, and I sent it out. And they called me back, and um, in Florida, and they said, "Can you go meet our man? Your, our manager? He's in uh, Fountain Valley, California." I said, sure, okay. So I get in the car and go down there and meet him, and everything's cool. So they asked me to come out, and um, they say, "Okay, we do everything on, on the records." I was like, "Awesome, let's go." So we literally for the next what hour and a half ran through everything and um they're like what do you know i was like i you told me to learn it all so i know it all um because i really loved the band i I mean truly truly loved the band so i was more than happy to be there and um it just worked from the second i walked in the door we just we all got along everything just clicked but i was the second guy in oh really (laughs) we do the the audition and everything is good, goes great. We go out, we all hang out, and everything's, you know, we're, we're all brothers from another mother. Everything's fantastic. And they say, look, you're the second guy, and we'd be lying if we said, you know, we have to see other people and do whatever. And I'm like, cool, no problem. I mean, I knew the audition routine. I was from L.A. I knew how it went. You know, well, cool, I'll go back home and let me know what you got, you know, because they were the kings of South Florida. So I was like, I can imagine people are stepping on their mother's head to try yeah. and get an audition with them. <laughs> right, right. Right. So I go back to LA um, and I literally get home. I see my girlfriend who's now my wife and um, I say, hey, I'm going to go to Blockbuster. This tells me how long ago that was, right? Um, <laughs> and I grab a couple of movies and I come back and I got Chinese food or whatever. And she said, oh, Jason Beeler called while you were gone. And I was like, oh, well, that's probably not good. You know, that was awfully quick. They found a guy, you know, some friend of theirs. Because that's the way bands do it. You, you go to the friend list first. Yeah, yeah. You don't go to you don't go to the unknown. Now, granted, I, ha- I had a pedigree, so I'd, I'd, I I it wasn't like I was walking in. It wasn't like Rory Cathy. It was literally just all this talent and just jumping out of the club scene. I already made a record, already done a tour, already done videos. I was ready. I was at the same level they were. And uh, I said, all right. So I call him back, and he says, Hey, man, how you doing? I was like, I'm doing good. Just got home. Everything's cool. So said, flight was good. Yeah. Okay. Well, the gig's yours if you want it. I said, really? Said, yeah. He's like, when can you get back here? I was like, I don't know. When do you need me? He's like, can you get here Monday? This is like a Thursday. I was like, sure. He's like, we get, our first dates are booked in like 10 days. I was like, all right. Well, okay. So I hang up the phone and I tell my wife, okay, well, I'm in. She's like, what? Said, yeah, I'm in. And then seconds later, the phone rings and it's Phil Verona. Welcome to the band. <laughs> Good to see you. We'll see you in five days. Then he talked your head off for five minutes, for ten minutes, right? <laughs> yeah. So it was it was literally, um, 
you know, I, I came in so prepared. Um, it was, I don't know how, I remember getting on the plane and coming home and going, I don't know how they're going to find, uh, find somebody else who was just that prepared. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I, that was one thing I knew I had. It's like having a good curveball if you're a pitcher. I knew I had it. Um, but I was, I, again, knowing the routine, you know, okay, I don't know if someone's brother is going to get the gig or someone's, you know, didn't get the gig the first time, but he's practiced songs for five years and now he's ready <laughs> for his shot. I don't know. I want to know who that first bassist was that, that, that they turned down. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, and I asked, and I, I should probably ask him again because I'll probably know who it is by now. Hmm. You know, because they'll say, oh, it was this guy. But he came in, and I, that was one of the things I knew. They, Tom played with a pick, so that was a big part of the sound, you know. So I could play with my fingers. And at that time, I was hanging around a lot with Greg Chase on from Badlands, who mm-hmm. was you know, adamant that I play with my fingers and not with a pick. But I knew that sound was a pick. The guy who came in, um, other than me, played with his fingers, and it just didn't sound right. He's a good player, apparently, but it didn't sound right, you know. That beginning of, like, let's say, Love of God has to be clean with a pick. You're not getting that with your fingers. I don't care how good you are or how sturdy your nails are. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, like, like another two years, we find out, oh, Billy Sheehan, what? Yeah. What, are you kidding me? Exactly. No. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he wore his bass too high. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you were a big fan of, of Saigon Kick when you got the gig. How was it after Matt left and you guys started doing water? Because that was kind of a, a whole different direction for them. Well, for you it guys. Was. I shouldn't say them. I should say for you guys. So, I, like, yeah. did you have a lot of input as far as the writing went, or was that mostly Jason? No, I had, I had a lot, and so did Phil. A lot of that record was recorded live, and the idea was to do it in, do it and write it in the studio. So there's... There's stuff that, you know, in hindsight, it's fudge and I should have fought harder. Um, but like the, the bridge on, on and on where it goes to the seat of the DD, that was my part. I just, I didn't say anything about getting it done. I figured, oh, well, foolishly, we're all, you know, doing this together and whatever. I should have, I should have said something. But mm-hmm. like for that song, I'm on guitar, Jason's on bass. And we played it live, like we did most stuff in the, the Siren Kick, played it live in the studio one entire take. And then you would go back and kind of augment it with vocals or whatever. So when Matt decided to leave, um, he, we were, there was a lot of discussions to try and make him stay. I mean, our record company president came over. We all told him, we want you to stay. There was nothing about it that said, we know we want you out of here. We can't stand you. Not at all. He just didn't, he just didn't want to do it. So you can't, you know, going, going back to the only Logan situation, you can't force someone to stay who doesn't want to stay. Right. It will just, it'll deteriorate from there. So he bailed out. And then you know, our, our record company guy, Dick Rudolph looks at me and goes, what are you going to do? Cause they knew I sang. And I was like, well, I guess I'm learning all his parts, aren't I? Um, <laughs> so I, I, I then went from just the bass playing guy who could sing here and there to, I got to learn Matt's parts and then make it sound like the old like kick stuff. Cause you got half of it, at least with Jason, but I had to, sit there and think okay now i'm singing and playing Susie or down by the ocean and it's these impossible rhythms based against the um the vocal line uh but it had to be right and so i it's like i got a promotion but it was like um two jobs in one you know it's like being a 
but if we go back to the baseball metaphor, I'm now a switch hitter, and I wasn't <laughs> one before. Hmm. Well, so, yeah, so I was cool with it. I love the material. <clears throat> I heard the record not too long ago because I don't tend to listen like stuff I did. Like the Cold Sweat stuff, I'm having to go back and learn the record, and it was like, boy, I, I was playing a lot of stuff. I wouldn't do that today. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> you know, so, so with the Saigon Water record and Devil, I listened to them not too long ago. I was like, wow, these are really good. Mm-hmm. And again, I think of it as we were playing in the studio live together, one whole shot. Um, and if the take wasn't good, we just did it again. And we never went past maybe three of those takes. So we got it pretty quick. Well, it was so good enough. Here, so when people used to say to us, "You guys sound so good live, you sound just like the record," it's like, well, that was yeah. what the record was. That was it. There's a good reason for that. Was that one recorded yeah. in Tampa? It was in Tampa yeah. at Morris Sound, Morris Sound and then yeah. also Sound Trade in Solna, um, Solna, Sweden. We started at Solna and got a bunch of stuff done, and then Matt bailed out. So we're like, "Well, let's go home," and just finish it from there. And that's when we went to Morris Sound. Well, I remember getting a advanced copy of the Water uh, cassette. That's that's oh, sure. Yeah, and I went directly from uh, from work where I got the cassette to one of the clubs that some band, uh, Bullet Boys, was playing that night. Actually, as a matter of fact, and I there got my go. buddy, and I'm like, "Oh my god, look! I got the new Saigon Kick." And he's like, "What? What new Saigon Kick?" And they come out to the car, and I turn it on, and it's like, "That's not Saigon Kick." I'm like, "Wait a minute, did it? <laughs> did, 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 is the tape wrong? Did I did I switch the tape? What happened? What happened?" And I get looking at it, and I'm like, "No, that's it." And then I hear the voice, I'm like, "Okay, that is it." And yeah. I was just like, okay, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I hate this, but there's something there. Right. And I ended up, right. that ended up being one of my, uh, you know, it took top me to couple sec- songs. The second track, as soon as Space Oddity came on, I was like, holy shit, this is the most awesome cover ever. Oh, thank I, you. I still yeah, love the, it. The, and the funny, funny thing is, that's <laughs> the one that took the most takes. We had just played it through the entire stream tour, so we allegedly knew it like the back of our hands. Mm-hmm. No. It took like most of an afternoon. We're like, what is going on here? What is wrong with you? We're like looking at each other, like, what is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Like, it's Not me, it's you. Cover. We should know this. Well, I guess yeah. it was good enough to make you huge in um, Indonesia. <laughs> it did. Which, when that happened, the funny thing is, Doug Morris, who was head of uh, Atlantic at the time, said, when we handed him one, he said, you guys got three number ones here, if not one number one top tens. And that was, I love you. On and on, and um, there was one, I want to say, uh, it wasn't Fields of Rape, but it was another, maybe close to you. Um, it was one, But he picked out three. And then Atlantic, you know, because we didn't have a blonde lead singer, decided, you know, okay, well, that's good night. Thank you. And also I think Michael Douglas, who was the head of Third Stone, kind of lost his interest in dealing with a record label. Gee, I yeah. wonder why. <laughs> um, I would have too. So we find point. out, like, very spinal tap ass that we've gone number one in Indonesia, and we're ha, ha, ha. Then we find out it's a country of 250 million people. Like, oh, well. But all the songs that Doug Morris called as singles and hits all were hits. Every single one. Um, And I Love You was monstrous. And we (laughs) went in there and um, played all the same halls that Metallica had played the year before. That's how big we were. Wow. Mm. Uh, Yeah. And when we went into one of the airports, I want to say it was Bandung or Surabaya, they changed all the arrival and departure screens to the I Love You video. Oh, get out of here. That's great. Wow. Oh, man. Man, that was, let me just tell you, 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 you're wondering what surreal Salvador Dali-esque world you just stepped into mm-hmm. when every television screen in an airport has got your face on it. 
That's your Vanilla Sky moment right yeah, there. Totally. Yeah, no kidding, huh? The best so, part for me, um, I, I still have the uh, the promo CD single of that song. Yeah, it was it was one of those, um, and, I, and it was better live. I mean, Phil didn't want to play it in the studio, so Jason just used the drum track from the demo, um, and uh, and it, it was one of those. It, it made. I mean, if you follow the band, the band was always all over the place. So you got to remember, you have Chanel and My Dog on the same record, so. If you have one step closer and I love you on the same record, it's not too much of a stretch. But I think um, at the time it was a little too eclectic. It's it's survived very nicely. And I've had some people come up to me and just say, that record was this, that. And it's like, wow, really? I mean, they're into it, um, which is fantastic. Um, because you don't, you don't know what you're doing at the time. You're just making it and putting it out. Right. And then you go and you play and you come back later and they go, okay, wow. Someone did buy it. And <laughs> they, they did listen to it. Wow, look at that. Who knew? God, yeah, it was, it's it's so weird. See, I remember when you got with the band back whenever it was, and one of the first shows that you played was in Gainesville, if I remember yeah. right. <laughs> and, and, and I didn't... Theater. Yeah, yeah. Um, FL Rocks, I think it was called. A little, yeah. a little club next to uh, next to UF. And I remember seeing uh, seeing you come up on stage, and I'm like, that's not Tom. No, <laughs> you know, he's a little taller. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't know. You know, I, I, the internet wasn't a thing then, so you don't know everything that's happening. And I'm like, and you came out with your uh, your overalls on, your right, short, my black overalls, your, yeah. your overall <laughs> overall shorts. Yeah, I I, remember, I have a yeah, picture yeah. of that somewhere. Yeah. I've got to post that anyway. Geez, stalker. What's yeah, going I know. On? Hey, I was. You know as well as I do <laughs> well, that I know I was a huge uh, Saigon fan from uh, from the first moment I heard the first record. So yep. Yeah, and me too. You yeah. Know, so we're even there. But yeah, I got that a lot the first week or so because the band didn't do anything as far as telling anybody that there was a change. And and they were afraid what would Atlantic do and whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's not like fast forward a year where it's Matt and, okay, well, the singer's leaving. It's, mm -hmm. you know, no offense to us bass players, but, you know, they're, unless you're Gene or Phil Linnett or Paul McCartney or Sting or whatever people like eh, that think the bass player is replaceable so i remember walking out a couple times and people look at me like that doesn't look like the guy <laughs> in the back of the record because <laughs> it's not dun, dun, dun. so okay so the band breaks up and everything everybody lay, leaves and then yeah. there's a reunion that happens yeah, yeah right i'm, I'm not even going to ask about the chaos because i know there was chaos <laughs> Yeah. Um, about the chaos. I'll be happy to. I'll, you can answer, ask anything. I'll apparently, the chaos isn't it. over yet. Yeah. Well, I, you <laughs> no, being on not. you being <laughs> online, you know there's stuff going online, and there's this person oh, saying yeah. about this, and that person saying about that, and oh, yeah. it seems like you're over there being uh, Switzerland, which is good. Oh yeah, Beeler calls me the Dumbledore of Cyan Kick. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so I mean, you get along with everybody, right? I do. Yeah, I think I'm the only one who's talking to all of them. That's great. That's I crazy. Think. Uh, no, I I can't say for sure, but um, but yeah, I think I think that's. But it's kind of always been that way. Oh, is it? So, uh, I, why I don't know, because there's some of these warring factions. But yeah, somehow, you know, I'm uh, uh, Henry Kissinger. Oh, at one point, <laughs> someone else called me in the band Kissinger. Um, Kissinger. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, so somehow I get. I get in the middle, but I also don't get anything on me. That's awesome. So, so, so the, there was a reunion. It was Matt, and then Phil, yep. and then Tom. Yep. 
No, Jason. Yeah, and no. me. You were on that as well? Well, actually, I think you're talking about the first one with Blando, right? That's true. That's correct. Yeah. Awesome dude, by the way, Jeff Blando. Love him. Great guitar player, great singer. Um, yes, and they did that. They went out and did it. Uh, I want to say that was 2000. Mm -hmm. um, Sounds about right. If you're, if you're Ace Raley, it's 2000. <laughs> um, so... They, so they go and they do those, and it went well, from what I understand. I didn't get to see them, but uh, but apparently it went great. Mm -hmm. I saw so, I saw one show here in St. Pete. It sounded awesome. Matt was yes. was a little vocal after after the fact about everything that went on, and he apologized after the fact, saying I shouldn't have said any of that stuff, man. Just just I'm sorry, and he and he disappears <laughs> into the crowd. But Matt, Matt's such a nice nice guy. Oh no, he he, he gets he gets attacks of conscience quick. Yeah. yeah, but then the next reunion comes up. And it's the four of you. That was in oh, well, actually, eight? the first one was the five of us. I don't know if you guys knew. Yeah, about no, that. no, no. Yeah, was, Tom was good. Was, yeah, that's right. That's right. Tom, Tom was, was involved. I was, on, I was on guitar. Right. And then that was yeah. very short lived. Yep. And then yep. Uh, two couple rehearsals, and then we went back to the Lizard lineup. Yeah. Yeah, and then you guys did a slew of dates everywhere, and yep. then they were a blast. Yeah, I. Oh, I went to as many so of them as I possibly yeah. could, um, and then Tom. Did you, did you see the State Theater show? Yes. Yeah. The first, the first one. That one was that great. That was amazing for uh -huh. me because a bunch of people, like my kids, got to see it because they, you know, I didn't, I didn't say anything about you know I did this or did that as a musician. I just kind of you know, they saw you know the records hanging up in the house or pictures or whatever, but they didn't kind of put two and two together until they saw it. And um, and they've both done things musically since then. Um, but um, the, when we went out there, <laughs> Phil's dad, who was still alive at the time, was watching Phil and I backstage as we're getting ready to run the Indian intro. So it was up to me to press play on whatever it was and then run back around and get to my spot on the stage. And Phil had to crawl through this hole in the back mm -hmm. wall mm -hmm. to get I know to that the hole. drum set. And he comes out and he stands up and he does the Derek Smalls, you know, look at me. And <laughs> the crowd goes crazy. But Phil and I are backstage um, just doing our usual stupid stuff that we would do before we went on. Phil's dad was like, oh, my God, you guys haven't changed a bit. I was like, well, of course not. But I remember going out and we did you know, whatever the first tune was, and it was a little nerve-wracking. But we went and did Coming Home, and when I heard the crowd sing back, the uh-uh-uh, mm -hmm. I could not. I had to turn around because if I didn't, I would just dissolve. Um, at the front of the stage, it was amazing, and they sang the whole the whole show. And I had friends of mine who were like, "They sang every word to every song." I'm like, yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. Guilty. <laughs> Welcome yep. to a Saigon Kick show. Yep. Funny story. Yeah, a, a, that night, fun. I uh, a friend of mine's band. I was their stage tech, and they were playing down the street at Janice that same night. Oh, Janice Landing. <laughs> yeah, and they got I think two songs in. And I I looked at him like, okay, guys, I'm out. And I walked down the street and came to your show. <laughs> I was like, good luck. <laughs> Hope nothing's good. Did everybody like kind of dissolve at that point? Or was it like you were one, the first domino? I think I was the first domino. Yeah. Um, it was just kind of one of those things. The, the advantage at that point was we were self-propelled. So we were doing everything ourselves. Everything. So it was a lot of work. So you get to the venue and you're checking with merch and you're checking mm -hmm. with the venue and you're trying to get this settled and you get the, the sound person, da 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 and the back line, as opposed to the old days where the tour manager and the, and the crew handle all of that. You kind of, you do your radio, you do your TV, you do your print or whatever you have to do. You show up, you do sound check, you, um, and now you have meet and greets. 
um, which are fun. I love those. Um, and, uh, it just got to be a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was, there was the play music part of it was starting to turn into the work music part of it. And that's kind of where I was like, Oh my God, I just, I can't handle this. And then, and then some of the infighting started. It's like, my point was kind of at this age, really enough already. I'm out now at that. But I always, I had always said, I'm leaving now. That doesn't mean, you know, it's like, it's like storming out of a bad dinner with your family. You know, I'm, I'm out of here, but I realize this is family and I'm going to have to come back at some point. <laughs> so I just kind of did a sabbatical and just said, forget it. I'm out. And, um, and they did a couple of shows with, um, Adam, um, who was fantastic as a bass player and a musician. So, you know, they got a great sub and I was like, uh, you know, I don't, not even a sub. I mean, he was, he was in the band. Mm-hmm. So, um, he he did this couple of shows and then they, someone came back and said, "Hey man, do you want to come back?" Like, well, yeah, um, but it's not like I have stipulations or conditions. But you know, this is some of this stuff has just got to stop, uh, and it did. So and then just kind of uh, the last what was the last we did a run in Texas um, two summers ago, and it went really well, and it just kind of fizzled out. So at the moment. It's still, it's as I, you know, as I like to say, Saigon Kick defined on hiatus. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Beeler's doing his stuff, running around. Matt's doing whatever he's doing. Phil just got off the road with Jake. Um, and I and he says he's retired, but, you know, you never know with him. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's too good to just not retire. Yeah. And then the other two, the same thing with the other two, you know, just the, it's... Um, I've always tried to encourage Matt's like, look, just get out and just get out and play. Just go do stuff. People would be very happy to just see you. And, uh, um, he, uh, and I, and I hope he does. Um, dealer is out doing stuff on his own and, um, with Jeff. Um, and being active as well. So as you mentioned earlier, I'm talking to all of them. Yeah. You know, I never said never, but it was one of those, I was surprised when it did happen. So you never know. You, you, I mean, you don't, there's always the, the adamant, there's no way because someone's mad at that moment. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You, you know, you just, you really don't. I've so. seen, I've seen a lot of uh, hard and capitalized nevers on the, uh, on the old oh, yeah. Facebook there. So I don't know. As much as I personally would hope that it would uh, rekindle and stuff like that, I I don't see it at that point. But you know, again, I don't see it. no time soon. I'll, I can say that. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's we had Jason on last week and we were talking to him about it, and I'm like, um, you know, I would I would love to see it, but you know, only you guys know what really went on, you know, yeah. as far as your breakup goes. So. You know, I, I would love to know, but it's not my none of my business at this point, or at least until Phil writes his book. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly.
Christopher McLernan from Cold Sweat Reunion. Man, that is the nicest guy, but holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot of talking. Yeah, but man, I could and listen. And that's not even all of it. Listen to that. That's not even all, all of it. it. Yeah, that was that was so fun. Yeah. That was that was a great great He's an call. awesome dude. Um a lot more uh open and funnier than I thought he'd be. Mm-hmm. And tune in next week to hear half number oh two. Oh my god. Yeah, you need to hear some of the stories in in part 2. Yeah. Um yeah, because he he talked to us for quite a, quite a while and unfortunately we had to split it up, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I, I like to say it like this. Doing a number one is always somewhat satisfying, <laughs> but a number two is way more satisfying. Yes, your number, so. The number two in this case is going to take you over the top. Right. Make sure you check in next week for your number two. So Tesla is celebrating their, you know, everybody's having their, their anniversaries, right? Mm. So Tesla is celebrating their anniversary of the Acoustical Jam mm-hmm. by releasing another acoustic album. Okay. <laughs> it's like, why? Come on. You did it once. You did it perfect. Let it go. Yeah, they kind of changed everything by yeah. putting that record out. Yeah. Yeah, they really did. I just I just don't understand. I mean, they're good. They're great. Why another, why another acoustic? I just, do you realize that Tesla has like 482 albums out? <laughs> they have a lot. Yes, they do. Yeah. Like a ton. It's crazy. It, it, yeah, and most people probably think it's like, okay, well, they have... Uh, the first two big ones, the third one that didn't go too well, mm-hmm. and the most recent one. No, their, that's not it. <laughs> their catalog is actually a catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Ass. <laughs> All right, let's get into the uh, unsigned bands really quick. All right. Um, however, I would like to say <laughs> one thing first. Okay. The band that we featured last week, mm-hmm. which was Voodoo 13, mm-hmm. I'm going to take off of our station, mm-hmm. and they won't be played on there again. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. I'm a little pissy about it. I'm listening. Um, you know, when when we played uh, Electric Revolution, yeah. when we played Pump 5, because mm-hmm. at that time they were, uh, you know, basically an unsigned band, mm-hmm. anything we played by somebody who's unsigned, they've shared it, they've talked about it. Even the, I mean, look at, look at Spread Eagle. They shared their stuff, you know, our, our, our link to the, to the podcast, the, mm-hmm. our, you know, everything. Um, what did, what did we get from Voodoo 13? I don't know. Um, it was a reply to one message going, "Hey man, thanks, thanks. That was cool. That was it. Yeah. That was it." Um, am I petty and pissy about it? Absolutely. <laughs> Do I care? Absolutely not. Yeah. Because you know, line in the sand. There you go. Take that, Blevins. Anyway, um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. Yes, I'm going to give you a choice. Okay. Uh, I'm going to name the two bands. Okay. And you tell me which one we're going to talk about. All right. So we have a band called Leftover Bullets. Okay. And then we have a band called Crystal Tears. <laughs> <laughs> so which one would you like to talk about? Which one is going to be featured in our unsigned band uh, little gimmick here? I'm pretty sure you already know the answer to that. I don't, actually. If I told you, hey, Moose, I'm starting a new band this week, mm-hmm. which one of those bands do you think I would lean towards calling my own band? Neither one of them. But if I was going to choose one. I think if you were going to choose one, it would be Leftover Bullets. Yes. Okay. So we'll go over, the, we'll go over that. Uh, Leftover Bullets is a five-membered hard rock group from Thessaloniki, Greece. I don't know. That is exactly why I picked them. <laughs> Somewhere in Greece, they uh, started up in uh, 2013. There is um, 
the members, I'm not even going to attempt to name them because I don't speak Greek and eh, it's all Greek to me. <laughs> See, I did that there. This is why you chose them so that you could throw in that one joke. Isn't it, it is. It really is. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're going to throw in, get them to the Greek somewhere too? No, but that's oh, okay. I'll have to write that down for next time. <laughs> anyway, there uh, it says that they're typified, typified, typified. Yeah. Uh, by hard songwriting, according to the reviews, but they're also explosive appearance and performance on stage. These days, the band composes themselves, uh, composes and records their second album while the songs "Confused" and "Free Speech for Sale" are already present on the set list. Um, da, 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 pretty much says anything else about it. Bless you. Okay, then. Excuse me. So anyway, so um, this tune here by uh, the Greek band Leftover Bullets. Don't even look Greek. Um, not saying that somebody has to look Greek. Um, Tommy Lee doesn't really look Greek. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, here it is. You tell me what you think. Okay.
All right, so what do you think about that? Eh. <laughs> Come on. No, I'm eh? It's not too bad. It's not too bad. I mean, it's granted, it is a little bit harder than the stuff that we're uh, used to playing here. No, but uh, I kind of dig some, it. It's got some rocking characters. Yeah, I kind of dig it. I like the video. The video is them in a. Um, well, I didn't a, get to see. I that. know you didn't get to see the. Uh, it's in. They're in. A, they're in a rubber room, and it's it's neat. It, they change the, the the black and the. the uh, you'd have to see the video. I guess. Mm. Yeah. I'm just wondering what kind of rubber room you're talking about. Crazy. Oh, okay. Kind of rubber room you thinking of? Well, they could be at a Trojan factory. <laughs> Trojan band. No? All right, cool. <laughs> anyway, so that's going to wrap up the show. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll use the other uh, the other band, Crystal Tears, maybe uh, next week here. Looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> Such sarcasm. Uh, so, yeah. So Who's being sarcastic? I am never sarcastic. I know you. Uh, <laughs> Leftover Bullets is a band that actually sent us the information through Hard as a Rock Radio at gmail.com. Now, you, if you are in a band, can do the exact same thing. Oh, you didn't tell me that. You didn't ask. You didn't <laughs> offer up the information. I don't feel as if I have see, to. Well, I, anyway, I like it when bands do that. Well, see, you picked the right one anyway then. Right, see? Right. Well, then there you go. So, yeah. So, they sent us a um, they sent us a couple tunes and that one I, I dug that one the most. So, hmm. But if you're in a band, know a band, um, have connections with a band, whatever, and would like to be... <laughs> if you've slept with a band. If you, if Anything. You've, if you've ever heard of a band before, <laughs> um, go send a, send a bio, uh, MP3s, anything like that. Uh, even a link, whatever, to um, Heart is a Rock Radio at gmail.com, or you could send it uh, through the Facebook. Or, or, or. Um, so that's going to wrap up the show for the uh, for this evening on the 4th of July. And uh, next week, you'll be able to hear the second part of the uh, Christopher McLernan. Christopher, listen to me call him Christopher. Chris McLernan from uh, Cold Sweat and Saigon Kick. And, um,. Hey, do I get to pick the you know what going you, out song? I, the going out song? Yeah, the going out. The going out song. Like the the outro. The outro. Yes. You mean the throwback song of the week? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 I'll cool. let you do that because you know right, I'm a sweet. nice guy. Well, thanks. <laughs> uh, what do you got here? Well, I may have a moment here. Uh, you and no, your moments, I, man. I'm gonna play. This is this is since we had Chris on the show and he was so much fun and told some great old Saigon kick stories. Mm -hmm. We have to go out with a Saigon Kick song. I dig it. You want something heavy or something melodic? Always heavy. Heavy? Heavy. Okay, then I'm going to go to my original pick. See? Always go with your first choice. Yeah, I guess so. All right. This is something heavy off of the lizard. Um, everybody have a safe and happy 4th of July. Celebrate your independence. And uh, thanks to all the military people who allow us to have our freedom absolutely and thank you to all the bands who make great music for us to do this show and, and people who on. talk to us yeah <laughs> and all of that and keep track of all your digits this weekend that's right that's right <laughs> wake up wake up on uh saturday with all 10 absolutely or friday actually friday yeah well, wake up friday with all 10 or that less is if you started out with 10 to begin with <laughs> You know, I don't there's wanna, some there's some there's some areas right, that I don't, yeah. don't want to you know sound like a dick even though it's never stopped me before. Good point. So anyway, keep all ten and don't wake up on Friday in one of these.